0: Hi and welcome to Recap Revision, this episode is going to be about Infection and Response. Pathogens are microorganisms that pass disease from one organism to another. These are communicable or infectious diseases, they can be passed on by pathogens. There are four types of pathogen, viruses, bacteria, fungi and protists. The life cycle of all pathogens is similar, first they will infect a host, then they reproduce or replicate if they are a virus, then they spread from their host and infect another host and repeat. Pathogens can spread in multiple different ways, first airborne, when people sneeze the virus that causes the common cold can be spread through the air in tiny droplets. Another way is through direct contact, sexual or non-sexual. For example, a sexually transmitted disease or STD. Another way is dirty water. Cholera is caused by a bacterium that is spread in dirty water. Another way is contaminated food. Food poisoning is often caused by the bacterium in undercooked or reheated food. Finally, vectors. A vector is an animal that transmits a communicable disease without being infected itself. For example, the malaria in mosquitoes and the TB bacterium from the badgers to the cows. To reduce or prevent the spread of disease, there are certain ways you can combat it. One way is high levels of personal hygiene, including hand washing, also covering your mouth and nose when you cough or sneeze, cleaning and disinfecting surfaces and objects with antiseptics, avoiding close contact with people who are sick, and vaccination. Vaccine is a medicine containing an antigen from a pathogen that triggers a low-level immune response so the subsequent infection is dealt with more effectively by the body's own immune system. Also, a good thing to do is take medicine when prescribed. Viruses are not considered to be alive, as they don't fulfil all the seven life processes. For example, they replicate, and they don't reproduce, and they don't respire. They are not species, as the definition of species is the smallest group of classifying organisms, all of which are able to interbreed to produce fertile offspring. Viruses are classified therefore as strains. They are some of the smallest pathogens, made from short lengths of DNA or RNA, surrounded by a protein coat. They infect individual cells use the host cell to replicate and causing the cell to burst, allowing new viruses to infect surrounding cells. Measles is caused by a virus and can be fatal, most young children are vaccinated against it. Its symptoms include a fever and red skin rash, it is spread through the air in droplets from coughs and sneezes. HIV, or human immunodeficiency virus, is spread through sexual contact during exchange of bodily fluids. It can also occur when blood is swapped in shared needles used by drug users. Initially symptoms include flu-like. But unless an infected person is given antiviral drugs, the virus will attack the body's immune system. HIV disease is called AIDS, Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, when the person's immune system can no longer defend them. In plants there is Tobacco Mosaic Virus. It infects many plants including tomatoes, not just tobacco. The plants develop a mosaic-like pattern on the leaves, reducing photosynthesis that can be completed, which reduces growth. It costs an estimated 60 billion US dollars per year. Bacteria are alive. They are prokaryotes and don't have a nucleus. Not all bacteria cause disease, many, including in the digestive system, are useful to us. Bacteria live on or in living organisms and are often found in places such as the mouth, nose and throat. Those don't need the body's individual cells to live, like viruses. Pathogenic bacteria can produce poisons or toxins that damage tissues and make us ill. Salmonella bacterium causes food poisoning. It is often spread in food prepared in unhygienic conditions or that is undercooked or reheated. Symptoms include fever, abdominal cramps, vomiting and diarrhoea. All poultry in the UK are vaccinated against Salmonella. Gonorrhoea is an STD, a sexually transmitted disease, spread by sexual contact. It causes a thick yellow or green discharge from the vagina or penis, urinating is painful. Initially the bacterium that causes the infection was easily treated by penicillin, which was the first antibiotic. Latterly, has evolved to be resistant to this drug. Treatment is now by more recently discovered antibiotics. Its spread, however, can be reduced by barrier contraception, such as a condom. Fungi are eukaryotes, like animals and plants. The cells have a nucleus, and they also have cell walls, but are made from chitin and not cellulose. Chitin is a polymer made from sugars that forms the cell walls of fungi and the exoskeleton of insects. Fungi can be single-celled, like yeast, or multi-celled, like mushrooms. Not all fungi cause disease. Some like yeast are very important economically in making bread and beer. Rose black spot is a fungal pathogen which infects roses. It causes purple and black marks on the leaves of infected plants. Like Tobacco Mosaic Virus, it reduces photosynthesis and reduces its growth. Severely infected plants will die. The disease is spread by water or wind. It can be treated by using fungicides and removing and destroying the affected leaves. Protists however are also eukaryotes, they are single or multi-celled but they do not have tissues, organs, nor organ systems like animal, plants and fungi. One of the most common diseases caused by a protist is malaria. This is spread by, in blood sucked by mosquitoes. These are therefore the vector for the spread of the disease. It causes recurring fevers that can be fatal if not treated. Reduction in the spread of malaria occurs by preventing mosquitoes from breeding and by using mosquito nets and sprays to avoid being bitten. Your first line of defence stops pathogens from entering your body, these defences are non-specific. Skin is an organ, it has functions like insulation and sensitivity, but here it provides a barrier that completely covers you to prevent attack by pathogens. When your skin is broken with a cut or graze, your body works hard to form a scab to prevent pathogens entering. Skin doesn't cover the mouth or the eyes, So the body produces enzymes called lysozymes that attack bacteria by breaking down their cell walls. Your nose has hairs and produces mucus to trap pathogens you might have breathed in. The cells that line your airways, the trachea and bronchi, possess tiny hair-like projections called cilia. In between the ciliated cells are goblet cells that produce mucus. This traps any pathogens that have bypassed the hairs and mucus in your nose. The hairs of the ciliated cells beat in a rhythmical motion to waft the mucus and its trapped pathogens up the throat. When you clear your throat, you swallow the mucus into your stomach where any pathogens are killed. The stomach contains hydrochloric acid. It is strong enough to kill many bacterial pathogens that enter through your mouth or nose. If a pathogen passes your first line of defence, it is attacked by your second. This is again non-specific. All pathogens are attacked in the same way. White blood cells, called phagocytes, attack all pathogens that have evaded your first line of defence. Their cell membrane flows around the pathogens, engulfing them in a vacuole. Enzymes within the vacuole then attack the pathogen's cell walls and membranes. This is called phagocytosis. Then, the third line of defence attacks pathogens in a more specific way. Another type of white blood cells, called a lymphocyte, produces antibodies, proteins produced by lymphocytes that recognise the antigen of pathogens and help to clump them together. Every pathogen has different antigens and so every time you are infected by a pathogen your lymphocytes produce different antibodies. Your lymphocytes remember each pathogen and can reduce more of the specific antibodies faster if you are exposed to the same pathogen again. This means you do not catch the same common cold each winter. Antibodies cause pathogens to stick together, making it easier for phagocytes to engulf and destroy them. Your lymphocytes also produce antitoxins. Antitoxins are a special type of antibody that can neutralise the toxins produced by some pathogens that make you feel ill. A vaccination is a small quantity of dead or inactive form of pathogen. This is introduced into the body, often by injection. This stimulates the lymphocytes to produce antibodies. Vaccinations protect us from disease. Herd immunity is when if a large proportion of a population is vaccinated, it is much, much less likely that a disease will spread. Shortly after a vaccination you may feel a little sick. This is your body fighting the disease and is caused called the initial exposure. However, if you are to encounter a more severe case of the pathogen in later life, a secondary exposure, then your lymphocytes remember the infection and produce more antibodies faster. In doing so, you are much less likely to fall ill. You could show this on a graph with the initial exposure and the secondary exposure, with the primary immune response and the secondary immune response. Time would go along the x-axis and the concentration of antibody would go up the y-axis. Antibiotics such as penicillin are medicines that cure bacterial disease by killing bacteria with an infected person's body. Antibiotics do not treat or kill viral infections, such as the common cold. It is difficult to develop drugs that kill viruses within cells without hurting the cells themselves. Since the discovery of the first antibiotic by Sir Alexander Fleming around 100 years ago, millions of lives have been saved by their use. However, some bacteria are rapidly evolving resistance to antibiotics. They are doing this much faster than we can find new ones, doctors are worried that soon many antibiotics will not work anymore and deaths will increase again. Painkillers are drugs that reduce or stop pain. Some were discovered in plants, like aspirin, which naturally occurs in the bark of willow trees. Others, like paracetamol, are artificial and have been designed by chemists. Painkillers are used to reduce the symptoms of disease such as pain, swelling and fever. However, they do not kill the pathogens themselves. Drugs are chemicals that have a biological effect on the organism that takes it. They can be natural or man-made, helpful or harmful. Some are more easily obtained like alcohol and tobacco. The use of others is controlled by doctors and can only be taken with a medical prescription. Traditionally, drugs were extracted from plants and microorganisms. For example, the heart drug digitalis originated from foxglove plants, and the antibiotic penicillin was discovered by mistake from the penicillin mould most new drugs are developed by chemists in the pharmaceutical industry although the starting point may be a natural chemical compound. Drug development is a long and expensive process that takes many years and costs hundreds of millions of pounds. Only around 0.1 percent of drugs pass this testing process. In the first stage, computer modelling using computer software to theoretically examine or test, is used to look at the structure of the drug and the interactions it might have on the human body. The second stage involves laboratory tests, that can be on cells grown in the laboratory or on animals. The results from these are used to predict how the drug will affect humans. The final stage involves human trials. The first part is given, the drug is given to a small number of healthy volunteers to determine the correct dosage. Next, the drug is given to sick patients to see how effective it is. The final stage involves tests on much larger numbers of volunteers to check dosage and effectiveness. In some tests, some of the volunteers are given placebo doses. These look the same as the active drugs. They are used to eliminate the placebo effect, where people can feel better because they think they have taken the drug, even if they actually have not. A double-blind trial is a medical experiment in which the patients and doctors do not know who has been given the drug and who has been given the placebo. This eliminates any bias. Antibodies are proteins made by your lymphocytes. They are made to bind specific pathogens. Antibodies attach themselves to proteins called antigens, found on the surface of pathogens and in fact on many other substances. The shape of the antibody fits perfectly with the shape of the antigen. Recently we have developed the ability to make antibodies fit antigens found on other surfaces not just pathogens. We call these monoclonal antibodies. Identical antibodies produced from the fusion of mouse spleen cells and myeloma cells. The spleen is an organ of the immune system found in the abdomen of most vertebrates that regulates blood cells. Monoclonal antibodies are potentially extremely useful in medicine monoclonal means many copies of one. First, a mouse is injected with the substances that antibodies are to be made to fit. This must contain antigens. Over the next few days, the mouse will naturally make antibodies to attack this substance, as part of its immune response. Small numbers of spleen cells that make antibodies are removed from the mouse and in operation. These spleen cells are fused with cancerous myeloma cells. Myeloma is a malignant tumour of white blood cells in bone marrow. These divide by mitosis in an uncontrolled manner. This process forms hybridoma cells. Hybridoma is a monoclonal antibody producing cell formed from the fusion of a mouse spleen cell and a myeloma cell. These hybridoma cells will live indefinitely and continually produce monoclonal antibodies as they do. The hybridoma cells are cultured in a medium that only allow hybridoma cells to survive. Then the monoclonal antibodies are harvested. These monoclonal antibodies will now bind to the original substance injected into the mouse. They are collected by centrifugation, filtration and chromatography. Monoclonal antibodies are used in pregnancy test kits. They are placed on the ends of a short stick onto which a woman urinates. If she is pregnant, she will have a small amount of a specific hormone called HCG or human chorionic gonadotropin in her urine. This binds to the monoclonal antibodies on the end of the stick and indicates she is pregnant. If she is not pregnant, she will not have HCG or hormone in her urine and so it will not bind to the monoclonal antibodies on the stick monoclonal antibodies have been designed to bind to and therefore diagnose infections including hepatitis, HIV and AIDS, herpes and chlamydia. We can design monoclonal antibodies to contain a fluorescent dye, and under UV light they will glow and identify an area of the body that contains the corresponding antigen. Monoclonal antibodies could be made to bind and so diagnose the presence of almost any substance in the body. We call tests like this diagnostic tests a medical procedure that tells a patient whether they have an infection or condition. They diagnose whether there is a medical issue but do not treat it. However, monoclonal antibodies can also treat illnesses. They have been designed to help your immune system attack cancerous cells and carry toxic drugs or radiation to them to kill them. They can also stop the cells dividing. We can design monoclonal antibodies to only bind to the cancerous cells and stop the healthy cells from being killed. However, shortly after monoclonal antibodies were first designed, many people thought they were a magic bullet capable of treating many illnesses. However, there have been more side effects than anticipated first off. These have been identified in the rigorous process of drug testing that we now have. Pathogens can also infect plants, as well as us. Plants can also be infected by insects. Plant diseases are often identified by their symptoms, including stunted growth, spots on leaves, areas of decay and rot, malformed stems or leaves, discoloration, the presence of pests, and growths and lesions. A lesion is a part of an organism that has symptoms of disease, such as a wound, ulcer or abscess. Identification can be made by looking into a gardening manual or website, taking an infected plant to a laboratory and using testing kits that contain monoclonal antibodies. We've already covered the viral diseases and fungal diseases previously. Aphids are small insects that are commonly found in large numbers of the stems of roses in our garden. They suck sap from plants which reduces growth and eventually causes them to wilt. Aphids are eaten by ladybirds. Plants can also suffer from ion deficiency diseases, a lack or shortage of ions. These occur when they are unable to absorb enough mineral ions. Without suitable nitrate ions, plants will develop stunted growth as they cannot make enough protein. Without magnesium ions, plants cannot make chlorophyll, necessary for photosynthesis. Plants with insufficient magnesium appear yellow, we call this chlorosis. Plants have physical, chemical and mechanical methods of preventing infection by pathogens. Physical defence responses include a strong cellulose cell walls that stop infection of individual cells, tough waxy cuticle on leaves and bark which forms layers of dead cells around stems which fall off taking the pathogens with them. Chemical defence responses include by a small number of plants, production of antibacterial chemicals to stop infection, examples include mint and witch hazel plants and the presence of poisons to stop leaves being eaten by herbivores for example poison ivy and deadly nightshade plants mechanical adaptions include thorns and hairs which stop leaves being eaten by herbivores leaves that curl up and droop when touched for example the mimosa pudica plant and spots on their leaves which mimic butterfly eggs to stop others laying eggs on them for example the passiflora plants Thank you for listening to this Recap Revision podcast on infection and response.